أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد Welcome back to our Tafsir series page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page 25 of the second uh, Surah Al-Baqarah which is the second juz In the last verse on the previous page Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in the last verse that we mentioned, Allah Azza wa Jal spoke about His oneness subhanahu wa ta'ala and His right to be worshipped alone. And He says, Your God is the one true God. La ilaha illahu. None has the right to be worshipped except Him. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, the most gracious, the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now on page 25 will mention to us in the first verse on this page 164, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will mention to us a number of the signs of His in the creation and the universe that point to that very fact that Allah Azza wa is the one true God, that He alone subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right to be worshipped. And this is something which is extremely important because in numerous places in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to reflect uh, upon that which we see around us, to reflect upon the creation of Allah and the universe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we walk and we travel and we move from place to place, as we switch on our TVs and we see now, uh, any, uh, at, uh, and now at this point, uh, more than any other in the history of, of humankind, we have the ability to appreciate what is in the heavens and the earth. Many of us, unfortunately, don't really stop and ponder. We don't see those signs when we're watching, for example, docu- documentaries on, on nature or science. We don't stop and, and relate that back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather what we'll do is we'll be amazed and we'll think it's wow, fantastic and whatever. And then we'll just carry on and we won't make that connection of Iman. And that is what Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us to do. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of this verse will say, These are signs لِقَوْمِ يَعْقِنُونَ For the people who are of, of, of intelligence, people who reflect, people who think, people who ponder, people who connect what they see around them with the Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. The creation is amazing. So therefore, its creator must be some one must be one that is all powerful and all able. Subhanahu wa taala. Allah Azza wa mentions a number of signs in one sixty in verse one sixty four, and we will mention them inshallah taala one by one. Allah Azza wa begins and He says, "A'udhu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim." In fi khalq al-samawati wal-ard, in the creation of the heavens and the earth. Aren't the heavens an amazing creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets, everything that we see, it is amazing. The comets that you see in the in the universe, the, the Milky Way, the galaxy, everything that Allah has placed therein, it is amazing. To look at it is to know that you are this small compared to the vast creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To look at it is something which amazes you. That there is so much beyond our scope and ability to understand. These places, some of them are so far away that it takes us now when we send, when they send up spaceships and rockets and so on, takes them years in order for it to be able to reach its destination. Years in order for it to be able to even get part way sometimes to its destination. They plan now for two or three decades in the future. 
because that is how vast the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And so when we look around us and we just see the street outside or the trees and the houses around us, that is the smallest segment of what is the great creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know from the Quran and the Sunnah that the creation of Allah azza wa that we can't see, that has been hidden from our eyes of the angels and of the jinn and of Hawfa and paradise and the throne of Allah azza wa and everything that Allah will place on Yawm Al-Qiyamah is far greater and more vast than that which our eyes are able to see and what we can witness in this life. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look at the creation of the heavens and then the earth around us. You look above and it's amazing. You look around you and it is amazing. The mountains, the trees, the oceans and the seas, everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon this earth that we see around us from the animals and the plants and the birds and the fish, isn't it something which is amazing each and every single one of them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created all of this. And Allah azza wa jal created it all with no difficulty, no no tiredness, no help, no aid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his perfect ability and knowledge subhanahu wa ta'ala simply commanded it to come into existence and it did. He commanded that it be and it was. And from the signs of Allah Azza wa Jalla the alternation of the day and the night. Isn't the passing on the day of the night one of the greatest signs of Allah Azza wa Jal? How we use the day to wake up, to move, to work, to visit, to do so many things. The fact that you can see clearly around you because of the daylight, as opposed to the night time, which is a time of rest, a time when we when we stay at home, a time when we when we seek solace and contentment in in, in with our families and our home after a tiring day of toil and work. Isn't that from the amazing signs of Allah Azza wa Jal? And isn't the alternation of the day and night the way that we measure our time? Our age is measured by the passing of days and nights. Our acts of worship are based upon the movements of the day and the night. So many things are based upon this. And then look at the way that Allah Azza wa Jal has created creations in the animal world. For example, some of them are nocturnal. They use the night as day and the day as night. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us as humans the ability to enjoy both. We can stay awake at night as we often do in worship and at certain times of the year or some people who work, for example, during the night shift and we're able to enjoy the day as well by the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal continues with his signs, And the ships that sail the seas with goods for people. This vast creation of Allah Azza wa Jal, which is the sea and the ocean, it is so vast, so strong, so powerful, the way that it can flood, the way that it can, there can be waves, the way that it can, a storm in the sea can capsize whole vessels and boats. The way that those, that the, 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 the ocean with its depths is something which is so, so difficult for us to be able to navigate. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the ability to, to make ships. And those ships by them, we can traverse the earth. We can travel from one land to another. And especially before the discovery of air travel, this is something which people used for centuries in order to be able to move from one place to another. The, the transporting of people and goods, business and commerce was done by sea trading routes. And even till today, much of the cargo of the world is, is transported by sea because it's cheaper and those vessels are bigger, they can contain more. And so it is something which even till today is still used. And that's why for those of us that lived, you know, we as we saw through COVID and through the pandemic that we recently went through, the problem was with the shipping routes when they stopped, how many things were difficult to obtain, how many things were difficult for us to be able to access because of what happened in the world. And so Allah says that this is from the most amazing signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
وما أنزل الله من السماء من ماء فأحيا به الأرض بعد موتها and Allah Azza wa says that he sent down water from the sky to give life to the earth when it has become barren Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the clouds to bring rain and that rain goes as Allah Azza wa goes wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees and as that rain descends people feel relief they feel relief in terms of the heat in certain parts of the world that it cools down their weather and it's relief in terms of it being a source of water for people to be able to enjoy and drink and it is a relief in terms of our plants and vegetation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us and allows us to grow crops by virtue of that rain you have a land that is extremely barren and by virtue of that rain it comes back to life within this and the cycle of the tree Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a sign of resurrection that land that can be barren, looks dead, can come back to life. Just as the tree at one point is dead with no leaves, and then a time will come when it will, uh, in spring, when it will come back to life, and it will have the ability to grow those leaves and plants again by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. Allah azza wa then continues, And Allah says, He scattered all kinds of creatures over the earth. Look at humans. Isn't it amazing to look at our bodies and to just simply reflect on the way that Allah created us, the way that we can breathe, the way that we can think, the way that blood pumps around our body, the way that we can move, the way that we can speak, the way that we can smell and see, all of the senses that we have and the abilities and the skills that have allowed us, each one of us, simply individually, we are just one person, relatively small in the grand scale of things. But together, as communities and societies, look at what we have created upon the earth by Allah's permission. The inventions, the science, the technology, the skyscrapers, the buildings, the transportation vehicles, and, and so on. All of these things that Allah has given humankind the ability to create. And that is just human. So complex are we in the way that we are, that when something, just one thing goes slightly off-skelter or slightly off-balance within our bodies, we come down with pain and fever and difficult. So precise is the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then look at the creation of what Allah has placed in the animal world. From the animals on land and the animals in sea and the birds that fly in the air. Look at from the smallest insect, the ant and its colony and the way that it works, to the bee and the way that it harvests honey within its hives. Look at the way that the animals interact with one another, the tigers and the lions, from the fiercest predators, to the greatest land mammals like elephants, to the greatest mammals and animals that we have upon the face of the earth like whales. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed within each one of them their own structure, each one of them their own societal uh, hierarchy, each one of them has the ability to live and it is provided for by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are amazing signs of Allah azza wa And if you ever come across a nature documentary, you ever come across something which shows you the intricacies of the way that those 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 uh, habitats work and those different animals and insects live and the way that they thrive and prosper, all of them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command and by His mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is from the greatest signs of Allah azza wa jal. And so this is something which we appreciate now from the animals that we benefit from on a daily basis because we eat their meat, we drink from their milk, we use them to ride upon or people used to use them for ride upon and other people use them in their agriculture and in their farming. All of these things that we have around us that Allah Azza wa has placed for us from his signs. وَتَصْرِيفِ الْرِيَاحِ وَالسَّحَابِ الْمُسَخَّرِ بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ 
And Allah Azza wa Jalla then continues and He says in the changing of the winds, wind that is warm and wind that is cold, wind that comes and blows from the north or the south or the east or the west, wind which at sometimes because of its severity can be so terrifying like a hurricane that comes and destroys everything within its path. But wind at the same time that can be so gentle like a breeze that when it comes on a hot summer's day, it is something which is extremely cooling and beautiful to feel and experience. All of this from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالسَّحَابِ الْمُسَخَّرِ بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah says, and the clouds that He has placed on appointed courses between the sky and the earth. Lands that Allah Azza wa has decreed will receive a great deal of rain. And lands that Allah decrees receive little rain. Lands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings to it rain that when it comes it is relief for the people, for the animals and for the plant life therein. Allah says concerning all of this, the creation of the heavens and the earth, the alternation of the night and the day, the, the, the ships on the sea, the animals, the, the wind, the, the clouds, everything that we have, the rain. Allah says, All of these are signs for people of intelligence. People who stop, people who ponder, people who reflect and think, people who look at these signs and think that if this is so amazing, the creation, then what about the creator? If these are things that Allah Azza wa Jal has created, then surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right to be worshipped alone as the one who created all of them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse 165 when he speaks about those people who despite seeing these signs, they still turn away and worship other than Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that for the believers when they see the signs of Allah, it increases them in iman increases them in love of Allah increases them in their worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in their submission to him but as for some people Allah says in verse 165 even so there are some who choose to worship others besides Allah as rivals to him loving them with the love that is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah says that there are some people, despite all of these signs, who will worship gods besides him. Whatever form that God may take, human form, angelic form, uh, the form of stones or idols, whatever it may be, they worship those gods besides Allah and they love them as they should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or sometimes even more than they love Allah azza wa jal. So they, when you love someone or when someone loves someone, like for example, the parent loves their child. That parent, because of the strong, deep love that they have for their child, they're willing to sacrifice for that child. They will stay up the whole night awake with that child. They will sacrifice their comfort and their joy for that child. They give up their money and they work all day and all night in order to be able to provide for that child and their future. That is love. When you sacrifice, when you're willing to work hard, when you're willing to to do things that take you outside of your comfort zone, but because of the love that you have for that person, you're willing to do so. This is how they behave with their gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because they love them. And that's what love does. And that is why we're told in our religion that we should love Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam more than anything else. As the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wasallam, none of you will truly believe until he loves me more than he loves his himself, his 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 parents, his children, and all of the people, and the Prophet told us, وسلم, that from the signs or from the ways that we taste the sweetness of iman, as is mentioned in the Hadith of Anas is that we love Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, more than anything and everything else. Because when you love, you sacrifice, you submit, and you do more in order to 
attain the pleasure of the one that you love. And so Allah says that this is the way that the disbelievers are. They're willing to do this. So shouldn't the believers be even more willing to do what they must for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If they are upon evil and disbelief, if they are worshipping gods that are false, but they're still willing to sacrifice and do it out of love, shouldn't those who know for certainty that Allah is the one true God worthy of worship, that there will be a resurrection, that we will be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shouldn't we be more willing to sacrifice for truth than others are willing to sacrifice for falsehood? And that is why Allah Azza wa Jal continues and says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ But indeed the believers have a greater love for Allah. Look at the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, gave up and sacrificed their wealth, sometimes their marriages, their children, their families, everything, comfort, their homes, their lands. They gave up everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the disbelievers who sacrifice for their false gods, Allah Azzawajal says, وَلَوْ يَرَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا إِذْ يَرَوْنَ الْعَذَابَ أَنَّ الْقُوَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَنَّ الْقُوَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعَذَابَ But if only the people of shirk could see, as they will see when they face the torment of Allah, that all power belongs to Allah and that indeed Allah punishes severely. Meaning that a day will come when those people will stand before Allah Azzawajal and they will then realize that those gods that they worship besides Allah were not true gods. They will come and realize that their sacrifice and their work and their worship and everything that they did for the sake of those gods is worthless, means nothing. And it is on that day that they will see when they see the punishment of Allah, they will realize that all true power and ability belong to Allah alone and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is severe in his punishment. Allah then continues mentioning the way that they will be on Yawm Al-Qiyamah in verse 166. إِذْ تَبَرَّأَ الَّذِينَ اتُّبِعُوا مِنَ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوا وَرَأَوُ الْعَذَابَ وَتَقَطَّعَتْ بِهِمُ الْأَسْبَابَ When those who have been followed disown their followers, when they all see the suffering, when all bonds between them are severed. Allah Azza wa Jalla will say that those people will come on Yawm Al-Qiyamah who worshipped other than Allah. And they will come to the gods that they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the case of a number of them, they never wanted to be worshipped. They never claimed to be gods. They never ask people to worship them. Like Allah mentions at the end of Surah Al-Ma'idah concerning Isa salatu wassalam, that Isa salam on Yawm Al-Qiyamah will disown himself, will disavow himself from their worship. He will disown them and he will say, I never commanded you to worship me or my mother. I never said that I was the son of God. I never claimed any aspect or form of divinity. And so that is the greatest of loss. That the people, because on that day, that is the day that your God needs to help you. On Qiyamah, that is the day that those people will need salvation and help and aid. So if your gods besides Allah are true gods, this is the day that they must come and help you. But when those gods turn around and say, we never wanted to be worshipped, we are not gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is when they will realize, those people, the disbelievers, that the fire of the hell is for them. And all of the other means of help and aid will be severed and cut off from them. No friends, no family, no gods, no wealth, everything that they, they put into this world, thinking that it will give them happiness and success, they will realize that none of it will matter on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, except for the believers. 
because what the believers do it is based upon taqwa and sincerity and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Those are the bonds that Allah Azza wa keeps safe. As Allah says elsewhere in the Quran concerning friendship, The closest of friends on the day of judgment will be enemies one to another except for the people of taqwa. Why? Because our friendship with the believers our relationships with our family, our everything that we do in the dunya, it is based upon the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His worship alone. And so the disbelievers will say to their gods once they've been disowned, as Allah continues in verse 167, The followers will say, if only we had one last chance, we would disown them now, we would disown them as they now disown us in this way. Meaning that if Allah allows us to go back, if we have one more chance, if we could go and have our time again, then we will not worship these people. We would disown them. Because now we've seen that on Yawmul Qiyamah, they have disowned us. But will they be given another chance? Is there another opportunity? No. Because the only time that we have is the one that Allah has allotted to each one of us in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith, he said that Allah azza wa jal will ask some of the disbelievers on Yawm al-Qiyamah, that if you were to have all of the treasure of the earth, all of the wealth of the dunya, would you ransom it to save yourselves from the punishment of Yawm al-Qiyamah, of the day of judgment, of the fire? And they will say, yes, O Allah. Imagine, everything in the dunya you give up because you want to be saved from the fire. And Allah will say to them, I asked you for something far less. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say to us in the dunya that we have to earn everything in the dunya, like we have to gather the treasures of the earth and then spend them in the way of Allah. Allah doesn't even say what you have of your own wealth that you possess, that you have to give all of it for the sake of Allah. Allah doesn't say that you have to give up your family for the sake of Allah. Whatever it is, you don't have to give these things, meaning sacrifice, slaughter them for Allah's sake physically. What Allah wants you to do simply is to worship Him, to do the halal and stay away from the haram. Allah says, I never asked you to ransom the dunya. All I asked you to do was worship me alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so therefore, those disbelievers will realize that on Yawmul Qiyamah, nothing will benefit them. So Allah says, summing up their situation on Yawmul Qiyamah, كَذَٰلِكَ يُرِيهُمُ اللَّهُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ حَسَرَاتٍ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah will make them see their deeds, as a source of bitter regret. Everything they did in the dunya, all of the deeds that they thought were good that they accumulated, all of the things all of the things that they thought would bring them joy and happiness of wealth and power and fame, and whatever they did, thinking that it ultimately will be okay, because on the day of oh there is no resurrection, or if there is a res- resurrection, we will be okay on that day, all of that will be rendered null and void. And the evil that they did of the disbelief and oppression and harm and haram and so on, they will see that presented before them. So it will be for them a source of regret. And what is the end result? Allah says, they shall never leave the fire. They will remain in the fire therein. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 168, he then continues, and he speaks about an aspect that helps the believers turn to Allah azza wa jal. And that is, to have nourishment which is pure. 
just as we need spiritual nourishment, which is pure, and that is the nourishment of the Quran and the Sunnah and of Iman, then likewise, what helps us to attain that spiritual nourishment and benefit from it, to be able to reflect upon the signs of the dunya and so on, is that we have nourishment of a physical nature, food and drink and clothing and so on, that is also halal and pure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhannasu kulu mimma fil ardi halalan tayyiba. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينٌ O people, eat what is good and lawful from the earth, and do not follow shaitan's footsteps, for indeed he is your sworn enemy. Allah commands people to eat from that which is good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another verse will give the same command to the messengers of Allah. And Allah will say, يَا أَيُّهَا الرُّسُلُ كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ O messengers and prophets, eat from that which is pure. And Allah tells us in another verse in the Quran, also in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ O you who believe, eat from that which is pure. So therefore, humans in general, the believers specifically, and the messengers of Allah are all given the same command. And that is to eat that which is pure. The Prophet told us وسلم, that from one of the reasons that people's du'as are not answered, their worship is not accepted, is because the physical nourishment of food and drink and uh, clothing is impure. And Allah in this verse, He speaks about two criteria when it comes to our nourishment. Number one is that it is halal and number lawful, and number two is that it is tayyib or pure. Halal means that you stick to the commands of Allah when it comes to food. And that is that generally everything is halal with the few exceptions that Allah has given. Stay away from alcohol, stay away from pork, stay away from certain types of meat that haven't been slaughtered uh, in the name of Allah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stay away from carry-on meat. And, and some of these will be mentioned inshallah ta'ala in our next episode because in the next page Allah will mention some of them in detail. And there are others as well that you will find in other verses of the Quran such as in Surah Al-An'am and likewise in the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To stay away from those foods and to have food that is halal, that is lawful and permissible from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the first condition. The second condition is that it must be tayyib. And tayyib means that it is sourced in a way that is pure. So for example, sometimes you can have food that is halal, like for example, milk or bread. They're halal foods, permissible, lawful for you to eat. However, the way that they were attained makes them impure. For example, they were stolen. Or the money that was used to purchase them was stolen or it was from haram sources. So that food now becomes impure, not because it is in and of itself impure, but because of the way that it was attained, because of the means that were used in order to attain that food. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to have both. And that is that you have halal food that is lawful and food that is tayyib and pure. And that is why, for example, we have the story of the famous companion Khalifa Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the greatest of this ummah, after its Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that he would ask his servant when he was the Khalifa, when he would bring him food, his servant, he would ask him where they got it from. Because he always wanted to know the source of that food. And on one occasion he gave him some food and because Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was preoccupied, he started to eat. And then he asked him, as he was eating, where did this come from? And he said, oh Abu Bakr, before Islam, I was a fortune teller. And I told someone's fortune and it's come true now. So they gave to me a gift, this food, uh, and I wanted to present it to you. That's my payment in essence for something which is in essence haram, which is fortune telling. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh made himself, forcibly made himself vomit. 
And the people around him said, why oh, Abu Bakr? Well, you don't need to go through that. Okay, you didn't know. Now that you know, stay away from it. But you don't need to make yourself vomit. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu replied and he said, I heard the Prophet say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anything which is nourished upon haram, then the fire of hal has more right to it. And that is why the companions were extremely uh, diligent when it came to where their food came from, not only to ensure that it was halal, but also to ensure that it was pure. And stay away from the footsteps of shaitan, because shaitan wants you to engage in nourishment that is impure and not halal, because by doing so, it is more likely then that you will fall into other types of haram by way of action. Indeed, shaitan is your enemy. And Allah then tells us in the final verse on this page 169, the way that shaitan is our enemy and what he commands us to do. Allah says, إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالسُّوءِ وَالْفَحْشَاءِ وَأَن تَقُولُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ He always commands you to do what is evil and indecent. He tells you to do the haram, the major sins, the minor sins, and that which is indecent, to look upon that which is haram, to speak in a way that is indecent, to expose yourself in ways that are indecent and to indecency, because that lack of shame and lack of modesty makes it more likely that you will be less modest when it comes to other haram. If you don't care the way that people think of you, you won't really care about the way that Allah Azza wa Jal sees you and, and, and watches over you when you do haram. And so shaitan likes this, that you do evil, that you commit indecency, and, and that you speak about Allah without knowledge, because that is the essence of all shirk and all evil, that you speak about Allah without knowledge. Those people who claim that Allah has gods besides him, that, the, that Allah has a partner or a son or a daughter, whatever it may be, in essence, they speak about Allah without knowledge. And Allah warns us against this. This is what shaitan does. He puts ideas into your mind. Surely Allah didn't create everything. Therefore, Allah doesn't have the right to be worshipped. Therefore, there's an, a, a different creator. There's a different justification for being upon this earth. All of these questions are formed by shaitan because he wants you, in essence, to take Allah Azza wa Jal and to confine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the limited knowledge and understanding that we have in our minds and to confine Allah to that. Whereas the Creator is far greater than our scope to understand and our scope to comprehend. This is what shaitan does. And he does this in various ways and means. These are the traps that he has. We ask Allah Azza that he saves us from those traps and that he makes us from the people who remain steadfast upon this religion. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.